Are you a great big fat person? Is your skin tight on your body? It doesn't have to be this way. Here at Buffalo Bills Fitness, we aim to help you achieve your goals of weight loss. Unlike other gyms, we really keep you locked in to your goals and won't let you out of your commitment to yourself. So if you're ready for a true body metamorphosis, sign up today at Buffalo Bills Fitness. If you use code HMT at sign up, you'll receive a free skincare basket. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. releases always get priority but we also review older horror movies both good and horrible uh, 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 oh boy welcome everyone to horror movie talk buffalo bills fitness more like buffalo bills fitness dick between my legs more like buffalo chills Pe- uh, I don't know. I don't got nothing. <laughs> okay. So, uh, your hosts today are me, Bryce Hanson, and across from me sits David Day. Hi, I'm David Day. He's the foremost expert in scare known as. Um, new theatrical releases always get priority here at Horror Movie Talk, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. We've got a great show today. We'll oh, be man. reviewing the legendary The Silence of the Lambs crushingly good right crushingly good um so before we get into it cool thing you might not know is that we have just the absolute best community in the horror genre so check us out um on our website horrormovietalk.com you'll find links to all of our social medias there the best place to go to communicate with others is probably the horror movie talk facebook group oh yay david um, every second Saturday, we have a watch party on streamlounge.io. Coming up this Saturday. Coming up this Saturday. So, probably uh, promote it. And whoa, that was think the first it. burp I've let slip in months. Wow. I'm so sorry, everyone. Ew, David. Oh, no. Ew, David. Oh, David. Honestly, David. It's like a witch's house in here, David. It's like a witch's house in here. Um... What was I saying? I I'm got so distracted sorry. by your gigantic belch. I'm, I'm so sorry, everybody. That, How many people have asked us to stop belching? I'm, so I, many. It's been months. I'm sorry. It's just, I don't have any any fuel left in my tank to remember anything. We just got back from my girl's third birthday party, and I just feel like death worn over. Mm-hmm. I feel drained, and I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> Let us never speak of the three-year-old's birthday party ever again. Um, okay, so streamlounge.io, you get an account for free, and then you can watch a movie along with us while we're on camera and chatting with you. Um, we post new episodes every Wednesday. One of the new exciting things that we have to announce uh, for locals to Portland metro area, Portland, Oregon metro area, is we're going to be launching Kiggins Cult of Horror, yeah. a screening event 
in their first season will be a series of screening events, a series series of screening events, and uh, event uh, emphasis on the event. Yeah, we're gonna be, you know, uh, introducing a movie, having some comedy bits in there. We're gonna have a town crier out in front of mm-hmm. the theater. We're gonna be dressed up in cult garb. Um, and, and so you can join the what a the, lineup of movies. Man. Yeah. So starting in March, we're gonna screen The Exorcist. Then in April, it's I think it's the I think it goes The Fly, The Fly, and then The Burbs, and then capping off the season with, with Hereditary. Yeah, that's right. So it'll be the last fourth Friday of every. Month from yeah. March to June. I believe The Exorcist uh, is the first screening, and it's going to be the 26th of March. So get hyped. I, already people are saying that they're going to be coming down from the Bellevue area, mm. which is over 100 miles away. Yeah, do it. So everybody... We want to fill up that theater. There's a limited amount of tickets. Yeah. Uh, it's, so, it has 333 seats, half of 666. Yeah. So we... That's not a tall order if y'all in the area show yeah. up. Come on. We need you. We need you. And quite frankly, y'all have to come just to see me have a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And the first screening, if you uh, show that you join Stream Lounge and subscribe Uh-oh. to us. We don't have that completely finalized. Okay. We have exciting announcements in the future about these events. Yeah. Okay, um, if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. We start out every show giving a brief um, synopsis and review for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. You know how that works. Um, After we give our score, we'll go into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. So if you haven't seen the film, um, I mean, if you haven't seen Silence of the Lambs, what's what's wrong with you? Um, But if you haven't and you don't want it spoiled... Just waiting. You can press pause once we get to spoilers. Uh, later on, we're going to be having an epic session of horror movie whores. We about have about a month and a half worth of voicemails, voicemails to go over. People were pretty succinct. There's, oh, only, there's only a couple that I really need to weed out. Hmm. Um, but some of them are pretty good. Um, so again, this week we watched The Silence of the Lambs, and it still holds up. Here's the trailer. Spook easily, Starling? Not yet, sir. He's past the others. The last cell. I'll be watching. You'll do fine. A killer is on the loose. Keeps them alive for three days. Then he shoots them, skins them, and dumps them. A rookie FBI agent is on his trail. He's got real physical strength, cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never stop. But in order to track him down, she'll have to match wits. I'll help you catch him, Clary. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. With the darkest of all minds. Just do your job and never forget what he is. But he's a monster. Pure psychopath. So rare to capture one alive. So close to the way you're going to catch him, do you realize that? Oh, Clary, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. You told me you don't spook easily. You call this easy, sir? Lester's missing hand arm. Man's a raving maniac. Who knows what he'll do? 
that's moody music for the rest of it. Isn't it crazy how um, movies can have such a uh, unique uh, feeling and flavor uh, to them, and the tra- and the trailer will have this just so like super stereotypical trailer that every single movie has. You know, it doesn't doesn't well, fit the feel of the movie at all. Well, that was especially true in the '90s. Like every '90s trailer was about the same, and perfectly thematic, super thematic movie with real personal touches. And then you get this trailer that's just like boom, you know, it's just like this big stamp that ever, you know, Batman got the same stamp, you know, it's like right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, same stamp. It's like those aren't anything like Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I think it's a little different now. Especially since they don't have a lot of voiceovers on trailers anymore. Yeah, so it that, doesn't sound... It's not formatted in the same way, usually. Yeah. Um, okay, so... The Silence of the Lambs can be found on Amazon Prime right now. Um, this should be released soon enough to where it's still there. Yeah. It's usually on something. Um, True. So, if you don't know the plot of The Silence of the Lambs, it stars Jodie Foster as Clarice Starling, an FBI trainee tasked with interviewing a psychopathic serial killer and psychologist, Hannibal Lecter, played by Anthony Hopkins. Uh, She's trying to elicit his help in finding a serial killer at large named Buffalo Bill, played by Ted Levine. Levine? Yeah. Uh, Clarice is warned about Hannibal and is told not to disclose any personal information, but as Hannibal's as Hannibal's position of power becomes plain, Clarice finds herself stepping over the line to extract more information from him. Um, it's a real great example of a psychological thriller, and it's um, one that really delves deep into the horror elements, um, especially towards the end. Um, this film is one of those that you can come back to year after year and appreciate something new. It's perfectly cast, and the performances are all fantastic. This film served to launch Anthony Hopkins into A-list Hollywood status for good reason. Isn't that crazy to think that Jodie Foster had been A-list for 20 years? Right. Yeah. <laughs> By the time that this movie came out. Right. And Anthony Hopkins was like, oh, finally. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, wow. I mean, he'd been working in Hollywood for a while. Oh, yeah. But he just hadn't broken through. Can you imagine if, like, you just know that you're Anthony Hopkins? Now he's like, Sir Anthony Hopkins. And you're like, what the fuck? I can act good. <laughs> me act good. Me act good. Wear me award now. <laughs> Is that Anthony? That was a perfect imitation. Um, <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins, hit us up at uh, 682-253-4468. So his portrayal of Hannibal Lecter stands as one of the best on-screen villains of all time, uh, which served to launch... Several other um, sequels and recently a television show uh, starring Mads Mikkelsen. Yep. Um, Jodie Foster's excellent portrayal of Clarice communicates her determination, intelligence, and weakness as a character. Levine, Levine's Buffalo Bill. I don't know, one of those pronunciations is racist, I'm sure. So I got to get it right. Let's say wow. Levine. Hot take. <laughs> uh, Buffalo Bill. Uh, has a v- very little on-screen time, but he is truly a menacing character and establishes the stakes of the film and really sticks with you. Oh, my God. Dude. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, it's so crazy. a great big fat person. 
yes, she is. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's I'll find that and then we can. Yes, do it. it is. We can do that together. But isn't it crazy how, um, how okay, Hannibal is like this shoe in for like just the most interesting and like crazy and like cool and like just diabolically perfect. Um, right. Good guy, bad guy in this movie. He's not even the bad guy in this movie. But, and then you, and then, but you have, and, and obviously the spinoffs or the sequels are going to be about Hannibal because mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, that's so mysterious. You could have an equal number of super interesting spinoffs and sequels about Buffalo Bill. Right. I mean, I would do anything to find out more about the character of Buffalo Bill. Mm. Buffalo Bill prequel. Yeah. We're taking risque pictures of overweight women. Penis Tucker, MD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have fun here. I'll give my computer. Oh, my computer is quiet for some reason. Oh, yeah. Is Sorry. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so, director Jonathan Demi created a truly artful film that stands apart from the other films in the thriller genre. The extreme close-ups and leering gazes create an uncomfortable intimacy that puts you in the shoes of the protagonist. The script and the direction are so efficient in moving the complicated story and character arcs along that there is rarely a dull moment. That's This is one of the things that I noticed this viewing was like, this does feel like a novel. Like, there's a lot of movies it's that are adapted so compli- from a novel. It's so complicated. Because just even just having... The fact that you're not starting with Buffalo Bill saying it's just like a tangential thing in the beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like there's Mm -hmm. danger right now with Hannibal Lecter. It's like, no, he's just a guy. And then it just builds and builds and builds the the way that I'm sure the novel does. So it's a really tight adaptation of a pretty complicated um, idea because you would assume that with Silence of the Lambs would be like, oh, it's about Hannibal Lecter. It's like, no, no, not, I mean, not kinda, quite. Yeah. Also, yeah. Oh, it's about Buffalo Bill. Mm. It's about Clarice. Uh. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff about this movie that we take for granted now because we've seen it 20 yeah, times. Yeah. And, but, but I watched this this time with this eye for like, what would this be like from the first go? What, uh-huh. what would this be like if I didn't know every beat of this movie? Right. And I and and there's a lot of really confusing moves that are being played against an audience, but they're done in a in a skillful enough way to make you realize because there are like in particular the false breach where they're breaching this guy. We'll talk about it in the spoiler section where they're doing where yeah. There's a couple of false. You know, there's some fake red, outs, yeah. there's some fake outs, some red herrings that, if not done perfectly, would have just been so hard. It would just thrown everybody off. They'd yeah. be like, "What? How? How's this work?" Yeah. So, um, and a lot. I mean, I go back to just how artful it is. It's it's a really unique looking film, and a lot of like, I appreciate a lot of the shots that are very subtle throughout. There was like, huh, that's an interesting, that's an interesting um, shot because it portrays something very specific like there's one shot where 
again, there's there's a lot of shots of people looking directly into the camera yeah. because you're supposed to be seeing it through Clarice's eyes. And so it's in the car when um, they're driving back and Clarice is like taking issue with her kind of him kind of belittling her in front of I was the thinking other about, cops. That, about this exact shot. And she's where his head is behind hers or in front of hers in front of hers. And then it ends and then it gets her reaction and it goes back to him and you just see the back of his head mm-hmm. to where it's like. If it didn't have the back of his head, you would have assumed that he was still looking at her, mm-hmm. like, in the end of that scene. Mm-hmm. But there's something about being separate and being, like, you know. Yeah, when when she's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shots like that. Specifically when she's searching people's houses for uh-huh. stuff. And she'll look out the window and she'll see the owner of the house, like, hanging things up on a clothesline. And you realize the owner isn't with her. And she just has carte blanche to move throughout this mm-hmm. house. And there's gives such a strange feeling of right. like, oh, we're not supposed right. to be doing this. Yeah. kind of. And a lot of like just the cuts back and forth of like, it, it's, it's weird. It feels like everything's very separate, but everything is like cut together throughout. Mm-hmm. So it feels like Buffalo Bill isn't given a lot of screen time, but you are shown like what's going on pretty early in the film with him. It feels like there's more acts than just three acts to this movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't sat down to think, think about it. Anyways, the this film is probably the best example of the crossover between drama slash thriller genre and the horror genre. Mm-hmm. The scenes with Buffalo, with Buffalo Bill are viscerally horrific. But the psychological horror of Hannibal Lecter's interrogations of Clarice are just as disturbing. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is, it's a perfect movie. It's hard to, like, find any any flaw with any aspect of this movie, really. Some some people hate it. I don't get it. I don't either. Like, what's there to hate? (laughs) Perfection. I just don't don't understand. What you got? (laughs) You know? It's just like, uh, it's popular, so I don't like it. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, you... You like Indiana Jones, right? No. Why not? Because it's cool to like that. And I'm cooler than cool. Okay, well. No, you're not. What's cooler than being cool? Ice This guy. (laughs) Ice cold. Oh. Well, you don't want to be ice cold this winter. Go to nightchannels.com and buy some t-shirts and or hoodies. Um, Hoodies, if you really want to be warm. Uh, Nightchannels.com is... Um, one of our longtime sponsors, and we uh, really need you guys to support them. If you use code HMT at checkout, you get 13% off. It's already a good deal, but with the bonus 13% off, it's an even greater deal. Dude, they have all these new arrivals. I'm gonna just going to go over a list of some of their new arrivals that uh, if you guys have, have you know bought some stuff from Night Channels in the past, well, guess what? There's a bunch of new shit, and, th- and that includes... Uh, strange psychic experiences uh, t-shirt um, if you remember if you remember that little ditty they it, there's an Elliot Smith shirt they have <laughs> they have a the Beatles shirt but it's it and it's got like the the quad um, you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, you like know, the Brady Bunch right yeah but instead of it being um, you know Paul and John it's Beatles mm-hmm. it's bugs. Yeah. So uh, they got a System Shock shirt. 
they got spiritualized ladies and gentlemen, uh, gimme, gimme octopus. Uh, they got giant spider invasion. Uh, if you recall that, uh, that old classic evil moisture gunk dissection. There are tons of deep cut shit in here. Uh, and it's all great looking and it's all stuff that they got a chrono trigger shirt. Do you remember chrono trigger mm-hmm. the game? I mean, tons of video. Oh, Dragon Ball with uh, with Piccolo uh, charging his shit up. Tons and tons. Yeah, of really. Stuff. What you got to do is take the Night Channels challenge. Go to nightchannels.com and just browse. You're going to find something that you want. Even if you bought something there before, you're going to find something else. And when they you always do, got new stuff getting. Use that code HMT at checkout. It gets you 13% off and it helps out the show a whole lot. So check it out. Um, if you want to skip these commercials, there's really one excellent way you can do it, and that's become a patron at the $6.60 tier. Um, you start being able to get And early, up. Yeah, and yeah. up. Yeah. Um, you get early access to episodes. We post them right when we got get done editing them as opposed to on Wednesday. Um, and we remove the ads for your pleasure. Um, also check out our shop on horrormovietalk.com. We've got our logo tees, um, more items coming. We just got an in influx of stickers to put up. Um, please check out our resident artist, Dustin Goebel. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. God, does he ever. He's helping us out oh, every episode, but also with this Kiggins Cult of Horror um, series. I can't wait to post that poster. Yeah, up. posters kick ass. Um, again, if you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers! Your compliment was sufficient, Lewis. So, first point, was that Mike Rowe in in the movie? I feel like there was a guy that told Clarice to go somewhere, and he looked exactly like Mike Rowe. I, I had a moment but uh, th- I, at the start of the movie when she was walking through the right. FBI compound. Yeah. Right, the guy who ran up to her as she right. was jogging. Yeah. And I, I don't know, the- but you know who is in this movie? I, just before we move on, I looked on IMDb and he's not listed. So I don't know if it's an uncredited Mike Rowe appearance. Nobody knew Mike. No, Mike Rowe. That's his whole his the whole thing with Mike Rowe is I think he was just a tradesman before he got hmm. into uh, the show, the dirty job. Well, no, he was on like the Home Shopping Network for a long time. Oh well, shows what I know. Shows what you know about Mike Rowe, dude. Well, you know who is in this motherfucking movie? Roger Goddamn Corman. Is an really? extra in this movie. He's one of the FBI agents. Huh. Roger Corman. I'll be damned. The the <laughs> the man, the exploitation man, the dude with every credit you can possibly imagine under his belt, was one of the FBI agents in Silence of the Lamb. Wow. And he, the end, his name is featured prominently in the in the intro credits. It's like, and Roger Corman. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I look it up. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense at all, but okay. <laughs> okay, so the movie starts out where we see Clarice training as like a cadet for FBI, and she gets called into um, special agent 
Jack Crawford's Crawford. office, which is the head of like the behavioral sciences division. And he asks her basically a favor to go interview this guy named Hannibal Lecter. And it's not really clear why, <laughs> like, he's choosing her or... They make like, it. They make it what, clear in a couple minutes. The, the yeah, psychologist yeah. is like, "Oh, he's pretty clever sending you out here, don't you think, cutie, mm-hmm. cutie, mm-hmm. cute, cute? What are you doing tonight?" Mm-hmm. That was the first time I got that. Uh, that was the first time that hit me. Of yeah. like, oh, she's constantly uh, defending her professionalism as a woman in this. Yeah, I wrote down as one of the bullet points that this movie is the male gay simulator. <laughs> yeah, everybody's just like. Mm. <clears throat> Guys walking by are just like doing the full stair force one, turning around. Yeah, a bunch of guys with guns too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because the implication. Um, so, yeah, I mean that's that's one big aspect of the character is that um, she's attractive and wants to be taken seriously in a heteronormative cis way. In a heteronormative cis way, um, she's attractive. Um, I hear that, that, uh, lesbians find her just deplorable though. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not surprising. I wouldn't know. Um, so yeah, throughout the movie, there are several moments where she's kind of like put in a position of weakness or it's constant. Yeah. Constantly. Every scene is if, if, if you kind of go at it with that gaze of like, of like that's what you're looking for. Every mm-hmm. situation is her with two dudes, but and also yeah, at I mean, night and a garage, right? You know, it's like oh. <laughs> but also, she's shown as very vulnerable, like mentally too. You know, she's it's this perfect like setup of of like um, you know, a lamb versus a wolf. Right. And the wolf is just behind the pen. So it's like little red riding hood when the wolf is in the grandma's clothes. You're like, but I don't believe that's because of her femininity necessarily. I believe that's, I mean, that's very obviously because she's a newbie, you know, she's not, she hasn't even graduated the Academy at the start of this movie. You know, she's still, well, right. Yeah. She's young. Um, she's new, but very intelligent. Any dude in the same position would feel the same way, I imagine. With, you know, just in over your head inordinately, um, with the exception of she has some awkward sexual connotations. Right. You know, there's a lot of, like, probably whispering about, like, hmm, why does Jack Crawford like her so much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, you know, yes. And, and Hannibal Lecter. Like, why is she being yeah. sent to go see Hannibal Lecter? So she's given, like, a couple guidelines, basically... Don't get close to him. Don't approach, you know, the the separator, you know. Don't give any personal details of your own life. Like, But the craziest part about, uh, the coolest part about this whole thing is then she gets there and it's plexiglass. And you're like, what could the man do through a one inch breathing hole? But the implication is he could fuck you up big time. And you're like, he's he's almost superhuman in the mythos surrounding right. him. Yeah. And in his ability to perceive, like, he's not just a psychologist. He's the most perceptive, mm-hmm. fabulously intelligent, psychotic psychologist in the, ever, ever, ever. Right. He's a superhuman. And there's a lot of, like, choices that 
lend to that idea. Like I think Jonathan Demi has him look in camera and follow the camera as it's panning across. So it, it just looks like he's ready for you. Yeah. Like you, you're in his house now. Right. You know, and that was one interesting part that almost immediately Hannibal Lecter gets her to like cross the line, like to manipulate. He's like manipulating her enough and like to, and you realize like, Oh, this person is truly dangerous and how much he understands psychology. Quid pro quo. Yeah. Quid pro quo. And so there's the, the scene and he's like giving her absolutely nothing. And he's kind of being demeaning to her. And then jizz happens. (laughs) Yeah, dude, the crazy guy next to what? What was his name? Meeks or something like Me- that. Meek or Migs? Migs. What a f- crazy name! Yeah, I couldn't get over how nonchalant everyone was about a guy named Migs. Migs, isn't that the name from uh, Lethal Weapon? Isn't that? Uh, isn't that a? I don't have any Mel Gibson's character. I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> wow. Um, never seen any of them. You know what? Never seen any of the Die Hard movies either. <sighs> I could do this all day. Wow. I could, I could. Is there just, is it just action movies? Like action adventure movies you never watch? Just never watched them. I just like, I don't care. Wow. Just don't care. Some of them are great though. It's just dumb. Okay. Um, I'm so too yeah. cool. So Migs just on her face and. <laughs> it's like, oh, I cut my wrist. Oh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and can we just say Migs has got tremendous aim. He get he got it in his hand and then he was like whoocha. <laughs> it was like pocket sand, but it was pocket yeah. Right. I mean, he must this, have been. I mean, he's got plenty of time to practice. I this guess is the first time I I noticed that too. I I had no idea what it was, and you know why? Because I always watched the TV cut. I watched this on TV over and over and over again, so I never knew what they were fucking talking. They're like, not with that embarrassing stint with Migs. And I was like, right, what? embarrassing stint. Nothing yeah, happened. It's it's really weird because that happens and then there's this like super speedy part like Hannibal Lecter is speed talking to her because she he Go calls see Miss Moffat. He calls he calls out her name and she comes back and is like right against the plexiglass and he like does the Micro Machines guy impression on her. <laughs> I had to rewind it like five times to get everything. Listen, I cannot understand you. Because you get Go see this former patient of mine. But everything else is like, what is he saying? He's <laughs> like, he says something like, you know, don't take, don't take what he did as, you know, I, I find what he did was deplorable and, you know, don't take that as an indication on me. You got to go see this patient and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And there's like several other things. And it's like, okay. And it happens in like 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, so she goes and, and checks on this former patient, um, Miss Moffat. Yeah. By doing, which turns out to be an anagram. Yeah. She does this like figuring and cause she just realizes that at any moment, Hannibal Lecter is playing with you. He's not giving you the information that he's saying he is. He's giving you clues that you'd have to figure out if, as like. If you're as smart as Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So she finds this um, storage unit and there's a... Hasn't been open for 12 years or something. And she finds a decapitated head in there. Yeah. And uh, 
that is kind of the start of like something's going on and there's some kind of connection between uh, Hannibal Lecter and Buffalo Bill. It's so, but every step of the way you get these little, you get these little, these little looks into people's personal lives that are so um, private and also like, hint at like something far creepier some sort of like deeply f- fucked up thing about uh buffalo bill and about Hannibal Lecter's um connection to buffalo bill and so like she gets into that garage and it's just like this is the weirdest collection of like hodgepodge trinkets and like stuffed f- birds and mm-hmm. like just like oh yeah did you notice the homage to psycho oh yes the owl the owl yeah yeah i didn't realize it was a an homage but I yeah totally see that the yeah i mean we just watched psycho for our uh pretentious review on our for our patrons um but yeah that that owl isn't a lot of things like that owl was that specific owl was well, that the psycho owl I don't know if that was the Psycho Owl, but I mean, it was obviously yeah. like a callback. Um, but did you notice it in the Tower of Terror? Yeah. 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 It was yeah. We there. just went to Walt Disney World and the the most fun I had was on the Tower of Terror. Yeah. It was such a, but it partially had to do with the, the setting. Like this was the first night that I left my family mm-hmm. after they fell asleep and went mm-hmm. off to Hollywood Studios and I had Pantera playing in my headphones and i wasn't listening to anyone and i just got just whipped around in the tower of terror and was like god damn this is fucking awesome yeah um yeah so pretty early on it's established that clarice is basically being used by everyone she's kind of a pawn in this game but also but also the most intelligent and capable person in this whole story and not only that it's kind of what she signed up for Right. right you know there, yeah, there was a moment where I felt so accosted, like I was, I was feeling empathy for Clarice. Yeah, like after, um, what's what's his face, basically admits to her that he used her mm-hmm. because no, I didn't let you know the thing because Lecter would have figured that right out right away. Yeah. I used you as a pawn, right? But and I, and I was like that. Th- this is such a raw deal for Clarice. I'm like, I'm like feeling all this empathy for. Her. And I'm watching her reaction to it, and it's kind of like this weird mix-up of, yeah, like, what the fuck? And also, like, this is what the FBI is. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, you have to be a pawn mm-hmm. to get the things sometimes. Because she's, she's, um, she wants to advance. She, she's, a uh, you know, has... Company woman kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you call that? Ambition. Ah. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the word. Uh, His eyes glazed over and he like went to some other world. Um, okay. So let's talk a bit about Buffalo Bill um, just as a character and the inspiration. So also talking about Psycho, Buffalo Bill is, or Silence of the Lambs is another movie that uses Ed Gein as a uh, inspiration because Ed Gein was uh, famous for skinning his, the corpses that he buried, unburied, and yeah, not and, so much a killer, so much as a um, 
a necrophiliac kind of ish kind of guy. Mostly a necrophiliac, but also probably a murderer. What is it that you do? I'm into uh, murders and executions mostly. (laughs) Um, So there's real life inspiration for that um, guy, but also Ted Bundy. Did you notice the Ted Bundy? Um, I'm reference, you know, I'm, I'm okay. So I'm very familiar with Ed Gein. I'm very like my, the guy who I know everything about is, uh, Dahmer Mm. and, um, and I know a little bit about Gacy, but I don't know anything about, um, uh, Ted Bundy. They had a couple like really good documentaries and shows on Netflix. No, I do. Yes. The super, um, Boy, he doesn't strike me as a Ted Bundy kind of like charismatic. Uh, no, but he used one of Ted Bundy's moves. Which is, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Help me get this into the car. Yeah, and he's wearing a fake cast. I'm so weak. <laughs> I can't. I'm actually a super predator. He's like seven feet tall and like built. Yeah, like fucking. But he's like, oh, I can't move this love scene. Can you help me, kind miss? Oh, here's a question for you. I think the answer is fairly obvious, but... Um, How would I do it? Okay, no, no. Uh, no, no, we're not getting into that. Um, no, 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 no. Okay, if you had to be the prey mm. of one of the two following fictitious characters, who would it be? Um, Buffalo Bill or uh, Patrick Bateman from... Uh, American Psycho. Um, Patrick Bateman. Really? Because he's just hallucinating all of it anyway, so I'd be safe. Maybe. You don't know that. Yeah, but he is. No, he's not. Yeah, I don't think... I I, I mean, okay, so, no. If he had intent. Oh, if he had intent? Yeah. I think I'd be pretty safe, because, like, I don't think our paths would really cross. He has intent. Oh, he has intent on killing me? Yeah. Mm. Both of them do. They're both like Bryce. Yeah, I'd still go with Patrick Bateman because I would die in like a cush apartment as opposed to deep in a hole. Yeah, but you'd be listening to mud. Yeah, but you'd be listening to <laughs> Goodbye Horses. <laughs> oh, versus uh uh sports. <laughs> yeah, I'd I would rather listen to Huey Lewis in the news. Huey than Lewis. That. Yeah. I love Goodbye Horses. That's such a great song. You don't like that song? Uh, I mean, only when I'm stuffing my dick between my legs. <laughs> so, like, every day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just become so plain now. But that, it's a like, move. It's, yeah. a, it's a mood, I should say. Yeah. Um, Like, it's inextricably connected to this movie for me. I, I wonder which one's a more dangerous. I feel like Patrick Bateman is just inherently more dangerous. Although... I don't feel like Patrick. I'm sorry. I, this is so interesting. Like I could go. Like we need to get Keith on to discuss. I, don't know, I want to talk about this for a long time. Um. So actually, the this was in the trivia for the INDB uh, for Silence of the Lambs. It says it was inspired by a real life relationship between University of Washington criminology professor and profiler Bob Bob Keppel and serial killer Ted Bundy. Bundy helped Keppel investigate the Green River serial killings in Washington. Bundy was executed in 1989. The Green River killings were finally solved in 2001. I've read I've read a lot on the Green River killer too. It's interesting to learn about the different the different killers because so for example like the Green River killer 
very stupid individual. Like just IQ wise, very, really? very low IQ. Um, and, uh, but oh, way more prolific than most. Like, right. I mean, and it's shocking how, how he could keep doing, cause he didn't change his shit very much. Mm-hmm. It was like, I dump him in the same place, the same way. I go after the same profile. I'm like, I, he couldn't even, he had no idea how many people he killed. None. Yeah. I think he eventually pleaded guilty to like 40 something murders. Yeah. He was just, I don't know. Um, but, 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 so yeah, that, that's the inspiration for Buffalo. Bill. And like, a lot of this movie feels very real, like in how they treat serial killers and psychopaths. And that was one of the things that the FBI said as like feedback is it's like, yeah, it's really close. And there's a lot of like psychological things that they got right of the killers and also the victims and, and other things. The one thing that they said was completely unrealistic was the ending, which was Clarice going alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah to check up on, on the houses and stuff. Yeah. Like that would, that was like, that is the most un, believable. unbelievable thing that would ever happen. That right. would never, ever, ever, ever happen. But makes for a great movie. Yeah. I have a question. Is this movie problematic? I think this is a problematic movie now. No, I don't know. See, that's, that's the thing. Like it kind of hedged off those things because it has a big part of it is, is Buffalo Bill wanting to build this woman suit and become He has a, a few. Yeah, become, You get to see him. Yeah, become briefly. A, a woman. But they make a point of of Lecter and, and Clarice like being like saying specifically he's not a transvestite. He's not a transvestite. He's a very dangerous serial killer. Yeah, it's and something different. Like what he thinks this is what he is. And to an extent, like, yeah, that's, that's his, that's his fetish, like, right. is, or, or his self-diagnosed belief, but um, it's much more complicated than that. Right. Yeah. It, so it, it, does it dodge? And we're not really, we're not really given the full picture of Buffalo Bill ever. Like, we're never given like, oh, he was raped by his mom when he was younger or something like that. It's like... Yeah, something shitty probably happened to him in youth to to set this off. But. Well, he, yeah, Lecter does mention he a, a tremendous amount of violence was done unto this yeah. this kid as a kid uh, or Buffalo Bill as a kid. So, do you think it dodges the problematic stamp? I mean, I mean, you can find you can find fault in it if you want to, because I mean, you can just say that like, okay, this neuro- is equal representation. Look, you. <laughs> Look, you want to be represented in all well, the different things, right? No, no. I mean, that that's one of the points is that the representation that people that are neurodivergent or like even different in notable ways, mm-hmm. they're always the evil people. Ooh. And that's like, yeah, we're, we're representing tr- all transsexuals as evil people or something completely disturbing. And, uh, we're representing, I don't know, people with scars as being the villains. <laughs> that was that's a new one that came out of like, yeah, people that have facial scars. Well, they're, actually, they're always you know actually, shown as villains. And I was, to me, I'm like, well, yeah, if you're a psychopath, there's probably going to be a 
bigger chance that you're going to get a knife scar. And actually, I'd like to point out that this, it's not that. It's not the case, though, in Silence of the Lambs, because one of his first victims, Miss Moffat, was a cross-dressing man. Um, right? That, was he? I but, wasn't, I didn't. Yes, because he had, he had, uh, it was hard to tell. It's hard to glean this much information off of it, but he, the, the dead head in the, uh, in the mm-hmm. garage had, um, had, uh, 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 stick on, uh, eyelashes mm. that were, that were coming off and makeup yeah. on, on the face. Yeah, I mean, this is where it gets really blurry because they talk about cross-dresser, not, not necessarily transsexual, but. But it could be, yeah. you know, just drag queen kind of thing. Sure. Though they, what we do know is that that first um, kill was his boyfriend, was Buffalo Bill's boyfriend. Right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it is. It is so kind a of victim as well as, as an aggressor, right? So equal representation. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just that whole group, they're very violent among themselves. No, they are not. <laughs> That's what this movie's saying. No, it's saying this one most. In fact, yeah, no. Uh, Hannibal Lecter goes to great extent to say no. Th- yeah, no. Tr- transsexuals are often very no. Uh, Clarice, I guess, says it. she's like that. Doesn't make any sense. Transsexuals and, and it's like are- when when Troy McClure is confronted with his sexuality, it's like gay. I wish. I wish. No, it's so I- much more simple. And what I have is. Much, much more complicated. Um, which is not. He just likes to fuck fish, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a hard thing to say. Um, yeah. I'd so. be interested to hear everyone else's opinion. So, call in, call into the show. Let us know. I mean, that's the weird thing about like empathy, and I can go the length for it because I could look at. Someone that's a psychopath that is like a like a rageful killer. Mm-hmm. There's there's studies that show. Well, first of all, like you can't necessarily control that, but also there's environmental factors, and and one of them is like brain trauma. So if you're someone that has like brain trauma, and you your personality is psychopathic. Like that's just who you are. Like you have an inability to feel um, empathy or care about anyone else. Like that's a mental illness. So what does that mean? Like, can they control it? Like how much empathy can you have for that person? Say like, they're not a monster. They're just different. No one's a monster price. We're all just different. Anyways, um, the movie goes to great lengths to communicate that Lecter knows exactly who Buffalo Bill is, and he's just not telling. Right. And then um, it goes through this whole sequence of quid pro quo where Lecter's trying to dig into Clarice Starling's past successfully. Yeah, like, it's this is part of that superhuman version of, of what he is and what makes him so interesting is he dissects her like that and like but not just dissects her like he he takes a whiff of the air coming in through right. it and he's like oh you wear this perfume this p- particular brand of avion or something like that and she's like oh okay. did you watch uh were you a viewer of a 30 rock hell no 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 was never caught show. one episode that was great just like lethal weapon it's a great show 
anyway, so I realized like, oh, there's a parody of of uh, Silence of the Lambs in, in one of the episodes of 30 Rock. It's where Jack John- Jack Donaghy, which is played by Alec Baldwin, is playing poker against Kenneth. Anyways, if you've never seen it, you don't know. But the it's... other the the other thing that's really impressively superhuman about Hannibal Lecter that we we skipped over is so Miggs comes on Clarice, and right. then that night Hannibal Lecter talked Miggs to death, talked him into killing himself. Basically, he was basically like, "Hey, you fucking worthless piece of shit," to the point where Miggs swallowed his own tongue to suffocate mm-hmm. to death. Which is like, what? You you can talk to someone enough to, like, I have to learn this skill because I I'm a talker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of like, yeah, supernatural evil. Yeah. To Hannibal Lecter, it's like, at a certain point, it doesn't become believable, but it's a great villain. Oh, you're so you're so, uh, swooned by by. Uh, Anthony Hopkins just chewing the set yeah. apart, eating yeah. it completely, and you're just like, "Whoa, this yeah. guy's so evil! Holy shit!" I think he's he won the Academy Award uh, for this, and it was, I think, the second shortest screen time. Like he he was only on oh. screen for like twenty something minutes, oh. and that's like the shortest amount of time. Or second shortest amount of time anyone that's won Best Actor has wow. gotten. Um, that was good. He's been nominated several times, but just won in 2021 for The Father. Which I watched on the plane back from Florida. And that is a... If you want to be depressed and be in a depressed mood, watch that one. That one's pretty devastating. It's just basically... Um, Alzheimer suffer from his point of view, and it's Oof. shockingly good at how well they do it. You're just so off kilter the entire time. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then the end is just like just a gut punch of just like, oh, this poor man. And it's the most natural thing that happens to a gigantic swath of old people of like, oh, you just lose your mind and it's you... It's happening to my grandma right now. Yeah. Today at, a, at the birthday party, she was like, who's that little girl? And I was like, that's Emma. This is her birthday. I was like, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... That stuff is... Yeah, it's, it's rough. Um, Really great movie and he deserved the Oscar for it. I don't know who he was up against, but it was great. Um... Couple other things we can talk about. Doctor Chilton is the most eminently punchable face in this movie. Yeah, he <laughs> very, very satisfying arc for Doctor Chilton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoy the arc for Doctor Chilton because it starts out with him immediately hitting on Clarice, mm-hmm. then being pissed off that she made him walk <laughs> down. To the cell, right. and then being like threatening her with like, I know my rights. This is my patient. Ugh. And you're like, just fuck off, buddy. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he's these. When- well, then then he also like takes all the credit for any discovery from Hannibal Lecter and 
And he's like, and my name is spelled C-H. Yeah. And at the end, uh, as Hannibal hangs up the phone, he's like, I have to meet a friend for dinner. Yeah. And it's Dr. Chilton getting off a plane. And you're like, right. oh, he's going to eat Dr. Chilton. <laughs> this is great. Um, well, let's skip forward to the end. There's lots of, I mean, we could talk about every scene in this movie, but let's skip forward to the ending, which is probably the best part. Before we do. Just just before, just to set up the ending. Actually, Buffalo no. Bill be- has a thing with with moths, and it's so the part. This his basement and and his obsession with moths caps off the perfect level of fucked up weirdness that you can possibly imagine. Because what are moths like? The dark, mm-hmm. the dark kind of damp. Where are they? In his super huge, vast, expansive castle of a basement under this normal looking house that Uh you're like, that could be my neighbor's house. (laughs) And what is he doing? Raising moths with great care and skinning women, starving them to skin them, to turn them into suits. Right. And, and what does he do? Oh, he uses the chrysalis for the moths to mark. Great big fat person. (laughs) Is your skin tied on your body? (laughs) Very good commercial, by the way. (laughs) That's a, that's a good one. He's using this as his calling card. Like, that's so creepy to put a moth's chrysalis in someone's mouth. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we get to the end. So wait, before we get to the end, I think we got to talk about the scene. Like Goodbye Horses? Yeah. Uh Like, this was, so this came out in what, 91? yeah. So I was nine years old. I was Penny's age when this came out. And I remember hearing about it. I remember like Kevin and his brothers talking about this scene. Uh And now it feels like, wow, we were shocked about like almost nothing back then. Because it was, number one, he had a pierced nipple. Right. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, that used to be a big fucking deal. What kind of psychopath does that? (laughs) And it was just one, you know? Yeah. Now it's like, well, everyone and their grandmother has both nipples pierced. Yeah, if you don't, then what's the matter with you? <laughs> like, it's kind of freaky. Or so. You don't like st- sex, I guess? That's a statement in and of itself, is right. not getting your nipples pierced. It's like, right. hey, you look at you, you freak. And then, like, and then the whole idea about transsexuality, or trans... Yeah, stuff. in in this, the, the most taboo thing they can right. think of doing. Yeah. Which, by the way, had been done... 31 years earlier with Psycho and was, and this was right the same level of weird, right? Like, and taboo that yeah. people could think of. And, uh, but just the iconic, iconic scene of him dancing to Goodbye Horses and tucking his dick behind his legs <sighs> is like, uh, and spreading so, his arms with that cape. Yeah. Can, can I play just a, just a beat of sure. Goodbye Horses? Here we go. So, all right, we're going to get struck. Um, so. You want it off? Yes, off, please. Okay. Um, so. Boy, if that, if that music isn't the most take you 
take you to a scene of a movie right. song. I don't know what else could possibly be. And what's crazy is it's still a meme on TikTok. Like that, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me so hard. Right. You, that sound is used on TikTok now. And yeah. like Goodbye Horses is still used as a reference to this scene. Now, it's 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's weird. Like, I can't... I have no sense of what remains in pop culture from my youth anymore. Like, I can't... I can't tell, like, do kids nowadays know about Silence of the Lambs? Right. Like, do they know about it? Because... They don't know about, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Here's another weird thought. Um, so, this was in 1991, and I just mentioned it was 31 years from Psycho. Right. And now it's 31 now it's years from... 31 now. years from Silence of the Lambs right now, as right. we record this. That bo- that blows me away. Yeah. Oh, We're old. Oh, no, I, Bryce! I can't, I can't believe that it was 91 when I saw that. I was like, huh... <laughs> it's like oh yeah childhood this makes me realize like wow i saw i saw pretty intense movies when i was young like 10 9 10 years old because i and you turned out fine turned out fine (laughs) perfectly happy and adjusted (laughs) (sighs) right to the stomach um anyways so okay now let's skip forward to the the ending yeah this has one of the best fake outs in cinema where good for a number of reasons because it keeps the audience there even though it's so hard to tell what's happening right it's still get it um because clarice is is investigating the first murder and going to the girl's house and she discovers some pictures she realized like there's some guy close here that was close with her that you know saw her every day he's a skilled seamstress somewhere here like close they were intimate and um as she's discovering that she gets a call from jack crawford that's saying we figured out who it is it's this um can i john gum was it jen somebody wrong oh i don't have him here um in like in like Kansas City, well, they actually do get the name no, right because in, in a suburb of Chicago, James Gum or James Gum, which is the name of Ted Levine's character, that's what he's credited as. So they get it right, and they say we're on our way to his house. Oh, but they're going to the wrong James Gum's house, or something, or it's his house, but he's not there, or something. Uh-huh. But like the way they say it is like we're going to Chicago, which is like a hundred miles away from where she is, yeah. and we're going to capture him. And she's like, should I come up? And they're like, no, there's there's no way you can get here in time. Uh, but keep uh, asking questions because we want to connect James Gum to this, you know, this first murder or whatever. So she's still investigating and she goes to this neighbor's house. But actually, we're not even shown that. We're, we're not even shown that because all we're shown is the SWAT team swarming into right. this house ringing the doorbell and then it cuts to him in his basement with the doorbell going off. Yeah, Buffalo Bill hearing the doorbell go off with, with this, this like alarm system of a doorbell. Right. Doorbell. 
and we see him preparing and it goes back and forth between him and the SWAT team. Like so he's you're led get... to believe that there's a full-blown SWAT team outside of Buffalo Bill's house and he's about to open the door. Yeah. And then he opens the door and it's Clarice. Right. And you're like, what? wait, what? Huh? What? Huh? And you realize that she's actually found him and they were on the wrong trail. Or... Now, I have a quick question, clarifying question. Clarifying. Clarifying. Um... How how did she... Do, okay, so you seemed to understand... So I'm still missing something here. She went to that house of, of the gal who had been uh-huh. missing, and she realized something somehow, but I have no idea how she figured it out it was James Gum, how how she figured out who he was by, by that, um, that visit to that house. Because... So she figured out, like, through the photos that... There was someone she was involved with, like the, her, the girl's friend, the victim's friend said like, no, I would have known if there was a guy or someone in her life. Like she's just not, she's kind of frumpy and didn't really do anything. So I would know, but she finds out that there was someone that because, no one knew because about. Because there were pictures taken of this girl while nude? Yeah. Like risque yeah. pictures, erotic pictures of her. And it's like specifically pictures of her back. Yeah. Where skin was cut off. And then she finds in the closet this dress in the making and it has these same cut out these same sections to cut out. To give it more space for her to fit into, presumably, I would think, or something. No, I think it's just the the pattern of the dress or whatever. It's like Okay. Part of the pattern. So if you're gonna make a dress you would need those to cut out that fabric. To okay. sew together. Okay. Um, okay. So she realized, like, oh, this guy, those the pattern that he cut out of the skin was a clothing pattern, and that that he that's when she calls um, uh, Cameron. Was it Cameron Crawford? She calls Crawford yeah. and says, like, we're looking for like someone that's a professional tailor, like someone that's into clothes. Um, and like all these other items that she said, and that's when he says like, oh, we already found him. And then how does she make her way to his actual house? Because she thinks it's somebody else. She's going to be greeted by somebody other than him. Right. Because she's looking for this other. Oh, that's why. Okay. So she learns from the victim's friend that the victim used to do, um, tailoring for this one family the name like holman or something like that and she asked the victim's father like if they if he had like the contact information for this woman and he she goes to track down her and so when she knocks on buffalo bill's door he she asks him like you know is this lady here and he's like no they haven't lived here for a long time but i got the business card of her son and so he's there in that house. Presumably he, he murdered them and took took their house or something. Or, you know, he just, he lived there or he had some kind of relationship to yeah. that okay. family or something. And, and that's like, Got whatever, it. that's like the, that's the connecting piece. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. That it's, it was confusing even, even to me. Um, And so... She finds out that it's him. She she deduces it because she sees the death head moth flying around. Yeah. It's like that just doesn't 
appear anywhere. This Asian moth yeah. that has very specific um, and rare connotations in this area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she immediately knows who he is and goes to arrest him and he runs down into the dungeon. Everybody freeze! Nobody move! And one of the, just the best scenes is that night vision scene. He puts on the night vision goggles and you just see through his eyes just toying with I'm going to touch your hair. Yeah. And she just, all she does is hear him cocking the gun and she immediately unloads on him. Pow, pow, Yeah. Yeah. And that gal down in that pit screeching and screeching. Yeah. I know it's hard for you, but you need to shut the fuck up, please. Please shut up. Can you please? I know it's scary. I I don't blame her. I'm like, uh, you can get me out and then maybe I can at least help you. She can't get her out. It's a big girl versus a little girl. It's gravity. Well, there's leverage. I mean, okay. Yeah, but Buffalo Bill's down there and he's armed. Let's keep an eye on the door while you're pulling her up. Boy, man, this is not a spear wielding person. I don't blame her. Thought I, I don't. I don't blame her for not pulling her up. But I'm. If you were a victim and you're like, blame all victims. <laughs> Hot take. Hashtag blame all victims. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that was one of the things that I, I read in the trivia is that like the the FBI commented on the victim. Um, what's her name? Catherine Martin is the the girl in the well in this. And they say specifically her her screaming about or her yelling about her mom and and doing stuff. It's a it's a common thing with victims to revert into like a younger stage of starting acting like children. Really? Yeah. So that aspect of her being impatient and screaming for Jodie Foster to pull her up is like very believable. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, because she was young anyway. Right. Um, and then it ends. It ends pretty quick. And what we're shown is like, oh yeah, well, Clarice was right all along, and she's kind of a genius. And uh, Hannibal Lecter got away. Oh man, we didn't even talk about the getaway scene for Hannibal Lecter. That's another fantastic scene where he breaks out of that. They move him, and then he breaks yeah, out. Yeah. And uh, so good. Oh, man, so good. Uh, anyways, final recommendations. Who should see The Silence of the Lambs? Dude, I mean... It's universal. Yeah, this is... This is, like, this This is the stuff of real cinema. Like, this is... Yeah. I mean, this is, like, Citizen Kane, kind of, in my opinion. Like, it's... It's one of those things where, like, especially with Anthony Hopkins, you're like, why is he we so... We never gave our scores. I did. Oh. Ten, well, ten, I give a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 for me, yeah. too. Sometimes you see, like, an actor like Anthony Hopkins, and you're like, I mean, it, why does everyone think he's, like, the absolute best? Like, what is what is so great about Anthony Hopkins? I mean, he's good, but, well, you watch this movie, and you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. It's, like, chilling how good it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to horror movie whores. Whore, 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 whore,
It goes on so long that I had enough time to adjust my mic. Um, I had enough time to adjust my balls. <laughs> Dude, it's weird. There's a ten year. There's a ten year lull between this and uh, the sequel, Hannibal. Um, Hannibal came out in 2001, yeah. and then immediately the year after that, it was Red Dragon. Right. Yeah. I've never seen Hannibal. I have seen. I did see Red Dragon in theaters. Um, see, I thought Red Dragon came first for some reason. Yeah. I thought Hannibal was the last one. But yeah, Hannibal, I don't know, was more disturbing. It's there, more hokey, too. Yeah. There's a new one, a newer one, I think in like twin recently. Oh, there was like a prequel. Of, yeah. Of, for Hannibal Lecter. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, what was it called? Here, I'll find it. You go ahead and let's hop into the call. Oh, okay. Shall? If you guys want to call the show, you can do so by calling 682-253-4468. Let us know what you guys think about... You know, the stuff we say and do. I just realized. What did you realize? What's the... Uh, 253-4468, who do we appreciate? HMT. Oh! Beer, 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 beer. Um, so these uh, calls are going way back. Maybe. Yeah, so we're back to like descent before Christmas. So let's try to get through these. What's up, HMT burros and broettes? Brunettes? Girls. Women. Yes. This is Brad from Portland. Oh, it's uh, I was listening to your Resident Evil review, and once again, the conversation of earthquakes or sinkholes opened up. And uh, <laughs> David, I uh, I hate to differ with you. No, you don't. That's not true. I love differing with you because I just love arguing with you. Period. Um, but there was actually a sinkhole in Portland like two years ago, right in downtown, and they had to close off an entire little side street for it so that they could fix it but they are closer than you think and they are scary as fuck that's mm-hmm. all bryce i love you and once again you and i are teaming up on david okay just like with spears versus bat great to know great to know brad i'd just like to take one moment one moment to point out th- first of all thank you for bringing the terrifying news of this uh several year old sinkhole to my attention because you know what i never fucking heard of it how scary could it be if it didn't even make local news? I didn't hear about it. Did you know about this, bro? No. No one knows about it because it's inconsequential, dumb, and not scary at all. Well, it matters to the person that fell in it and never was recovered. No one fell in it. Not that you know. No, but no one knows because it didn't. Right. Because it's not a big deal. They're erased from the earth. No, it's not a big deal. Okay, this one's from DJ... Hey, CJ again. CJ. Uh, one more thing, boys. I just want to know if you guys have seen this uh, new uh, Demi Lovato article that came out. I'm going to read you the headline. Demi Lovato sings to ghosts to help them overcome trauma caused by sexism in a past life. Now, I'm going to say that one more time. Demi Lovato uh-huh. sings to ghosts sings. to help them overcome trauma Caused by sexism and a past life. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've seen a more retired thing this year. So, she's she's trying to help heal the psyche of ghosts by singing to them? 
because they experienced sexism in a past life. So I'm a little confused by the past life thing. Is it in their previous life or is it they, there's also past lives in their like universal existence? You know what? I got in s- which case, why are they ghosts? I got to say, I, I don't trust the media at all anymore. And this is sounds like a sensationalized headline. It's probably something a lot more reasonable than that, which is like, um, she just sings to ghosts, and that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just like, hey, I do it because I like to do it. It's a hobby. Um, there's a couple that I'm going to skip over. Not- notable one is from See No Evil in Cleveland. She just re- wished us a happy or a Merry Christmas. So I it's, just wanted to say thank you, See No Evil. Yeah, thank you, See No Evil. It's it's like the Demi Lovato thing is like uh, is like when in The Simpsons when the news was like uh, local man Homer Simpson sleeps in. In sex tent. In uh, a shower curtain that he believes gives him sexual powers. Right. Hey, that's only half true. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Elizabeth. Um, I was just calling to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year or Happy Hanukkah to everybody else or whatever. Everybody else celebrates happy that. Um, I also just wanted to ask, um, since it is going to be the new year, what was your favorite episode to record in- Oops. Well, she goes on, but that's basically the question. And she mentions the paranormal paranormal activity three as like having a really great thing. See, that's the thing. They all run together. (laughs) And when I listen to an episode from the past, I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. I can't, I don't retain any information about how, I think the only one that I can point to and say that was definitely like a wild fun episode was sleepaway camp. Oh, well yeah okay so like a normal like a normal like actual review episode would be sleepaway camp bats was probably the most self-satisfied we've ever been in our lives yeah, <laughs> just from being an inside troll joke fart sniffing in that one right um i i really i really had a good time with the human centipede that one was a lot of fun um i you know to be honest with you i have been having a just a tremendous amount of fun, even though it is a lot of extra work with the pretentious episodes that are Patreon only, mm-hmm. because it's a m- even more relaxed right. uh, version of this. Yeah. And so the, those tend to be my favorite ones. And those range the gamut from Psycho to Greenland to The Last House on the Left. I mean, yeah, what, what, ghoulies. It's a real, real grab bag. <laughs> grab like. bag. But yeah. uh, but I really enjoy recording those a lot. All right. From Michael from Nebraska. Hey, it's Michael from Nebraska. I'm going to have to say sinkholes would be much more scarier than uh, an earthquake, mainly because I've, I've been in an earthquake. But it was like in Arnold, though. There's only been a few. But being sucked into the earth would be pretty pretty scary you know what i'm saying how many of those have you been in how how many of the oh none it only takes one (laughs) none he's been in none what's up hmt it's your girl Glittercore. uh i was listening to coon city episode and sam from indianapolis you silly rascal not sure if i should be flattered or concerned that you put me in the centipede trio but either way bravo bryce for having the balls to put your dearest fans in some sort of order on that. David, if you need help deciding on an order, 
I know how much you love Robert the Farter, and if you wanted to give him a gift, you should put him in the middle and me at the end, because I've been told I toss the saddle like a pro. So uh, Robert the Farter seems kind of like an ass man, so there you go. Girl, you nasty as fuck. <laughs> Glittercore, like the picture I get of her is just like the deepest sex fiend that I've ever encountered. I, yeah, I know. I would. I mean, I'm pretty depraved and like deeply horny, right? But I feel like I don't. Like I'm like I couldn't keep up with that. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's what I'd what I'd want like in a I, sexual partner, and then you 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 would get it, and you're like. Like, if there was a horror movie made about me, it would be called, like, Masturbatory Goblin. <laughs> you know? But even then, I'm like, Phew. I don't know. It's like the curse of the Midas touch. It's like, if everything you touch turns to gold, like, it's more of a curse than a blessing, you know? Right. It's like, every time you want to have sex, you can have sex. Wow. Or any time you touch your wife, you, you have to have sex have to like i mean i mean i'd be open to it but yeah I, well <laughs> it'd be nice to see what it would be like anyway. right <laughs> hey this is uh jason from kentucky and uh i've been going through your else catalog really enjoy the show been looking for a good horror podcast uh i like most people my age 48 uh, saw horror movies way too early. Uh, Exorcist before I was probably 10. Uh, different things like that. I was just listening to Midnight Mass. And the only thing that I would say is, I've heard a lot of people say they think that means the vampire dies at the end because she can't fill her legs. But the doctor clearly said that if they don't take any more blood, that they'll uh, go back to normal. Uh, that vampire's been for, you know, alive forever. Right. Uh, I'm sure that he found a hole to hide in. So I don't think that means that he died. But, uh, like I said, I'm going through all the stuff. I'm really enjoying the show. Uh, keep up the good work and I appreciate what you do. Thanks. I tell you, he did. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's open to interpretation, but I think it's heavily implied that the vampire died at the end. Could, didn't he show him flying off? Well, yeah, but he got holes cut in his wings, so he couldn't get very far. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Jackal. Hey, y'all. It's Jackal from Arkansas. Um, this is in regards to the, um, the Mist review. One of my favorite movies, actually. Um, absolutely agree on the Tim. And, um... Yeah, I'm going to rewatch it and just adjust my TV settings, I suppose, because the black and white is, like, unable to be found except for on DVD. So uh, I'm just going to adjust my, my contrasting color settings. Gang, gang, let's do it. Gang, gang, and, gang. Um, in regards to Josh's input uh, during the horror movie horse segment, um, I'm in, um, a similar situation, albeit a little bit before, uh, my, my dad has stage four colon cancer, so it ain't going to be long, but I'm, I'm living with him. I'm trying to reconnect, which has been going really well. And, um, I mean, just, just cherish the memories. That's the state that I'm in right now. Just, just keep all that with you that you do have. 
And um, I, I wish you the best, Josh. Anyway, um, have a good night, whores. Love y'all. Thanks, Jackal. Yeah, man. I'm sorry you're going through that. Uh, I mean, it's. I think everybody's just just been gut punched into oblivion at this point over the last two years with some some form of some bullshit that's yeah. happening in life. So we can relate. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, like how um, how much existential dread you can feel once you reach like late thirties. 40s like oh all these people that i grew up with are dying now it's like well that's not gonna stop that's oh, just gonna yay, increase until yay. you know everyone you know except for your kids anyways thanks for but for- maybe your kids <laughs> who knows it's it's a it's a cruel bitch <laughs> okay here we go sam from indianapolis Hi, this is Sam from Indianapolis. I just said that. I just want to throw in a couple things about the talkies. Um, kind of disagree with you guys about the worst and best new movies of the year. Worst movie is definitely malignant. There's nothing redeeming about it. And the more you think about it, the worse it becomes. Uh, best new movie, 100% lamb. Um, That's that good. straight transcends genre boundaries. And it's just an amazing film. Um, also, a uh, category you don't have, most overrated movie by Horror Movie Talk is The Night House. The movie's fucking terrible. Wrong. I don't understand what you guys like about this Final Destination fanfic bullshit, but Wrong. it each his own, I guess. And uh, best caller would be Sam from Indianapolis with his veiled threats of rape to David Day. Um, thank you very much. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Hang on now. You smell that? Retard stank. <laughs> uh, I agree with you about Malignant. I agree with you that Lamb was great. But this thing where you go off the rails with Nighthouse, psh, come on, buddy. Come on. This thing. It, it's our talkies. You go ahead and build your own talkies and make it. And then I'll be like, you wrong about your opinion about things. Hey, guy. Get out of here with this. Um, Here we go. From our favorite. Hey, this is Robert the Farter. So I listened to your guys' New Year's Eve Awards one episode. I liked it. I thought that was a good one. Um, but the best movie we've seen the we, that you guys have seen in the year. Um, frankly, I am offended that Ernest Scared Stupid wasn't even a nominee. <laughs> But um, I am glad Jaws and The Thing won because, uh, man, I love those movies. Those are just some epic movies. Um, so, see you guys. Bye, Robert. I love oh, Robert. also, thank you for thank you for everyone who um, for saying all those nice things about my drawing. It's good to hear. It's nice to hear people complimenting my work. So thank you, um, Robert the Farter. I'm out. I lo- no fart. No. no. Oh. Yeah, where'd the go? But yeah, uh, yeah if you guys are, are are not familiar with what he's talking about, he drew a uh, rendi- his his own personal sketch of 
kind of a one of a, the goblins a, from a tribute to all of Ernest's characters. There's a bunch of goblins and and Ernest and the tree and like it's it's all very um, well done. So uh, and it's on our Instagram. So you just scroll a little bit and you'll find it. Hey Dave, hey Bryce, it's John from Colorado. Just calling to say, did anyone ever notice that Gary Busey actually has a son that played in Starship Troopers? Yep. Jake when I was Busey. younger, I didn't know that anyone was willing to reproduce with Gary Busey. That's a scary fact. But in all honesty, I want to wish that you guys hopefully had a great holiday season, Christmas, New Year's, as well as our HMT community. I mean, hopefully everyone's doing well. Hopefully their holidays were well and everything like that. And also, I'm glad to see where you guys are now from when you first started. Like I said, I've been rewatching all the old episodes and, you know, I remember the, I just got done rewatching the, re-listening to the first episode where you guys first started the HMT, uh, horror movie call line. And they were very hateful. I'm glad that we've gone past that and we have such a great community growing for you guys. So keep it up and sorry, I'm kind of long-winded, but hopefully to another wonderful, weird, wonderful year with you guys. Have a good one. Yeah, Jake Busey's in low key. You'll notice him in a lot of stuff. He was in uh, the Predator that we reviewed in 2018. Uh, he's in Stranger Things. Um, he's in uh, the Frighteners. He's in Starship Troopers. Yeah, you once you start noticing Jake Busey, you'll go, oh, oh yeah, he's kind of a regular. Yeah. Um, there was another one from Robert the Farter just talking about how good X Files was, and gave a couple tips for the scary ones, which are. The scary ones that I would say. Oh yeah, you're like, yeah. Just watch the X Files. That looks like a really long, yeah, long message. Long. I'm sorry, Robert. Sorry, Robert. We have to skip also, it. it's like recording in a wind tunnel, so <laughs> we're gonna skip it. Sorry. Uh, here we go. Hey guys, it's Elizabeth. Um, I'm just calling to pick a bone with you. Um, ten out of ten on Babadook, really. I know. You're gonna, you're gonna go with that score. I know. Um, yeah, it's a pretty terrible movie. Uh, I even think giving it a three out of ten is pretty generous. Um, yeah, awful. I'm even going to go out on a limb here and say that host is better than the Babadook. And you gave that a nine out of 10. And I mean, you guys know how much I hate that movie. I think I called endlessly about how terrible that movie was. It's a bad movie. Multiple times. Um, even that snooze fest of a movie was better than the Babadook. And I don't know. That movie is so awful. I think, like, I understand maybe why you gave that a 10 out of 10 because of the cinematography. Yeah, that's, that's, cool and all but not as a horror movie yeah she goes on for about another minute so she's not the only one with the problem with babadook i think um the next one also is complaining about me liking it hey stay long kentucky how many times can you call uh before it's annoying uh but listening to the babadook i have to agree with david um the kid completely Jar Jar Binks it for me. I could not handle him. I even watched it the second time. It's a little more digestible then because I'm like, all right, I'll just like focus him out and kind of focus on her and the Baba Duke. Uh, and, and I got through it. It was a much better movie then. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, I don't think I'm wrong about this. I've watched The Shining a million times. You, you, you all say that uh, Jack goes crazy after a couple of days it flashes up like one month later um and then starts into the tuesdays and the stuff like that so they've been there for a month or so Mm. but uh also uh i love the talkies episode and 
asked this question a lot, but yeah, we actually have an episode on our like top fives or the formative fives. Like really, it's like around episode sixteen or seventeen that you can listen to that. But, yeah, but I think one thing I left off of there was that I caught Frankenhooker, a piece of Frankenhooker when I was five, and that really fucked me up. And yeah, and then it made me like, what else is out there that's all this fucked up weird shit? Yeah, and I, I watch a lot of like weird action movies like RoboCop, RoboCop Two, and like just being like, what? I need to know more. Labyrinth, like that kind of yeah. thing. But mo- most importantly, you have terrible taste and Babadook sucks. Mm, well, I can just agree to disagree. What's, uh, what, how did you get into horror? I, I, I don't know that. Um, what was the thing that happened to you? I think Who like, you? well, I think we've talked about the ghoulies. Oh, yeah. Artwork. Yeah. Um, first Walk, one that I was. Through, walking through Blockbuster. Kind yeah. Of thing. The other ones that, like, I remember seeing early on and being, like, kind of fascinated with was It, the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple other, like, Stephen King, adap- like, TV adaptations that were really good when the I was The Langoliers. Langoliers <laughs> probably the worst one, but um, I remember The Stand. The yeah. Stand was awesome. I never saw it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, you know, you guys can... We can agree to disagree on the Duke. No, we can't. All right. Here is... It's your boy Bugsy calling in from camp, but I'm just sitting here with a raging boner in my hand this morning, thinking about Bryce and David Doobie Day. Anyways, went with the fam last night to see the new Scream movie. My ex-girlfriend, she had COVID, but she's on her final day of being contagious or not contagious anymore. Her son had COVID. He's on his final day of not being contagious or not contagious anymore. Their family had COVID. Everybody up north I know had COVID. I had COVID last year. It's a COVID ball. COVID for all. Anywho, anyway, I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. I give it a B minus. There was a couple of little woke things in there, little propagandas and stuff, and I really don't understand how that chick is actually Randy's niece. That kind of threw me off a little bit. I mean... It goes on for a little while, but he just has a couple pointers, but uh, questions about the new Scream. But overall, he liked Scream 2022. Sounds like you got a lot of COVID going on down there. Yeah. Hmm. Florida's a crazy place. Um. Okay, here's another one. Hey, guys. I'm calling from the cold of northern Michigan, hmm. up near the Mackinac Bridge, if you know where that is. Mm-mm. And I love you guys. I'm a mail carrier, so I listen to you while I'm delivering mail all the time. Um, I'm currently listening to your review of Antlers. I love the movie, by the way. Just watched it yesterday. Um, I got a question for you. Um, I need to send you some fan art, so I need to know your best address to mail it to. Uh, my email is... Nice try. Uh, we live at 123 Fake Street in Fakeopolis. No, uh, yeah, we'll get back to you. Yeah, somewhere. we'll get you that. Uh, probably. Bri- Bryce will. Sure. Yeah. Thank- and we appreciate, and we appreciate, you know, I'm always curious to know, wh- what do you got to do to get a job as a mail carrier? Because it seems like just the most reliable long-term job 
of like something that I would enjoy doing, which is like repetitious, mm-hmm. just rep it, just doing the same thing. You got your route, you do it. Yeah. You did you it, ever you have a it. paper route? No. Did you? I did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Something no. very zen about it. Like oh, dude. Just I, I, having just, there's so much just handling of paper. I know? can't, no, you, you're talking to the guy. Like I like to dig. Why? Right. Because you just do it. Over and over mm. and over and over, and then you're like, your mind just gets to go, go yeah. away, you know? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, my brother um, in law, I guess. Seems like so, you should know. So Emma's yeah. husband. Yeah, your brother in law. My brother in law. <laughs> he was a male. He worked in the post office. I think he was like actually the, the, lone post person for one of the small towns that they lived in but it wasn't for him um yes here we go hi this is sam from indianapolis i'm listening to your dawn of the dead 2004 episode Mm. and uh i remember when that movie first came out i fucking hated it but i saw it last year in october as part of amc's like surprise horror movie screenings and seeing it on the big screen I fucking loved it. Uh, I'm not really sure why I hated it back when it came out, but I'm definitely one of those people that just thought it was a just pile of shit. Um, but upon reviewing, it is a pretty excellent remake. Um, I've got no complaints about it. Um, I like the titties in it. That's cool. Uh, but as far as the bat and spear debate goes, I'm 100% team bat. A uh, nice aluminum bat It's going to serve you a, a lot better in Hell a zombie yeah. apocalypse than a spear, which is just, you know, cumbersome and uh, unwieldy. Uh, you get a lot more accuracy with aluminum bats just cracking, uh, you know, a zombie skull wide open. And, yeah. And move along with spear. I just, I just don't understand how you think it's effective. So I've been playing this new game that David bought for the show. Oh, yeah. And I'll yeah, be doing yeah. some streaming on it eventually. Every time I want to stream it, it's like either too late or like... It's not... There's never too late. Really? It, no. Are you fucking kidding me? You're talking about people who get high and watch other people play video games. <laughs> okay. Well, I started playing Project Zomboid, which is a game that Kevin has recommended to me before, which... Kevin! It really combines so many aspects of it's games that I love. Mostly just spreadsheets. Is it just Bryce and his spreadsheets? Just like, well, it's it's a spreadsheetable game, <laughs> uh-huh. but I never do the spreadsheets. I never really figure it out. You I, don't have to. The game is half spreadsheets. The, But it's like an open world. It's like Grand Theft Auto. In uh, the, Grand Theft Auto, the original, the fr- top-down view. Right. And you can go like anywhere on the map. There's several cities, and they're all connected. like and The way cities are. And it just simulates a zombie apocalypse in pretty realistic terms. In terms of, I like, love that you're using this a video game to extrapolate the realism required for an actual zombie attack. Go on. Mm-hmm. Now that we've established the silliness of your premise, go on. How would it be different than the using a movie as a reference? I'm not using a movie as a both reference. are fictional. I'm literally using practicality as a reference because. Bats are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And it takes no skill to use them. Anyone can swing a bat. Well, in this game, I was delighted to find out that you can craft spears Mm -hmm. 
and they're just one of the best weapons <laughs> you can use. Uh-huh. Like low-key... As it's, long as you're wielding it with a mouse and keyboard, boom, spear, dead on. Super accurate. So I think you and me should play Project Zomboid, and you play with a bat, and I'll play with a spear, and we'll see who dies first. Okay, well, again, as long as it can be piloted in a non-skilled, non-dexterous fashion, then I could see it being... Yeah, I could I could see yeah, it Yeah, I don't know. You have so much confidence, but I, I feel like the... You have the tomes of history have written already that spears were one of the most effective weapons in war used by trained soldiers used by farmhands. Yes. Used by trained soldiers. Yes. Wars are not and trained soldiers. Both. I don't know where you're getting farmhands. They're not the people who fight wars on on a typical basis. So Bryce is looking at me with absolute incredulity. I, I. I think you need to study up on your historical wars, David. My historical wars. Yeah, isn't that the only wars that are that are right? Uh huh. Well, okay. Yeah, the armies are conscripted from unskilled people, right? Uh, not not the Roman armies, not you know the Mongolians. Well, yeah, they're con- okay. Uh, not uh, you know, not the U.S. Army. No, no. As it turns out, there was out, never, there was there never were, a draft. You're thinking of the Civil War. And yeah, you know one of the weapons they used? Ouch, David. A bayonet, which is basically a spear to great effect. Uh, okay. I'm just saying. This could just be looked at as a bat as well. Matt from Hoboken. Please don't go to Spotify. It'll be another podcast I end up losing off of my... Uh, off my normal daily rotation. I'm a new listener. I absolutely love the horror, horror movie talk. It's a great podcast with diverse ideas and opinions. Um, you know- he goes on for a while and basically says that if we move to Spotify, like that means that people that want to download the episode need to subscribe to Spotify, and he's not going to do that. So there's plenty of people. That's and not this true. one of those things. Like we've been a long, gone a long time without mentioning Spotify or the potential Spotify deal. And, yeah. And uh, we released an episode where we were like right in the yeah. beginning of it lately. And uh, let's just uh, talks are ongoing. Not only are they, are they ongoing, but the, part of the reason they are taking so long is because we won't settle for things like what you're suggesting. You don't need to subscribe to Spotify to listen to Joe Rogan. And that would be ideally the same version uh, that we're going, you know, we're mm-hmm. talked with. These things move at such a snail's pace. I like really slow. Matt from Hoboken. You got to get the lawyers to talk to lawyers. Like, got to set appointments. It's rough. The lawyers. It's just you and me out of a basement. Well, there's a lot of listen here. Legalese that we got to read through. We're posturing. No, uh, thanks for listening, Matt, and we'll take it under advisement. We appreciate uh, you listening to the show, and we don't want to lose you. For the time being, we are not Spotify exclusive. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, hey, this is Hank. I'm a a listener of the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm also a... uh, and Elvis Presley impersonator. Uh, oh. I wanted to say I, I, I love the show. Big fan of the show. 
<laughs> wow, it's like he's here I with us. You guys are, are doing. I wish you would all uh, play some uh, some of those old pictures. Maybe talk some more about music on the show. A little music and horror. Wow. I'm also an uh, entrepreneur. You can look up uh, one of my calendars, Cowboys and Boots. Where it's uh, just uh, cowboys in boots. I'm a, a fever for a movie talk. Fever for a movie talk. All right, uh, this is Hank here. Uh, have a good day. So, Hank, I don't think you... Your calling is not an Elvis impersonator. You should really be locking down the... Uh, um, shit. I'm looking up cowboy boot calendars right now, and they exist. There are cowboy boot calendars, Bryce. This is like rule 34. But like, God damn, there's a lot of fucking cowboy boots out there. Sorry. Uh, the joke I was going to make in a timely fashion was, I think he'd do much better as a Ray Romano impressionist. True. Yeah, it definitely has that, uh, that deep throaty mm-hmm. sort of uh, uh, tone. All right, last voicemail. Hey, Bryce and David. This is Tiana from Nevada. I just got done listening to your Scream 5 podcast with Keith. Um, I agree with you guys on a lot of points <laughs> with that movie. I wasn't born until 1998, so I missed, obviously, a bunch of the screen movies and it's not like my parents let me watch them when I was five or six years old. So it took me up until, you know, my mid teens to watch all of them and kind of fall into the storyline. I agree with a lot of the points that you guys were making, especially about like the Easter eggs that were hit or whatever you call them, Easter eggs, maybe. I don't know. Whatever you're saying about bringing it back. I was kind of confused how Billy came back because I I don't know, it just seemed like kind of an add-on to the story. But the main reason why I was calling you guys was I tuned into the whole episode, and I thought it was really sincere and really cool of you guys to listen to, I want to say her name is Jennifer, I'm sorry, if it's Jennifer or Jessica, I forgot, um, about her inquiry to you guys about the autism spectrum, and I thought that was just really professional and really nice of you guys to go into a deep conversation about that. Um. So, yeah, no, I haven't called in a while. Called just kicking my butt. But, yeah, I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves and keep up the good work. Much love. Bye. Yeah, thanks for calling, Tiana. And, um, yeah, I, I hope uh, that Jess heard that. And more than that, I, I hope um, we did okay at it for her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my biggest concern. And I've reached out to her via email and I have yet to hear back. Um, but, uh, I appreciate that you, you got, that you think that we did well. I, I've actually been kind of like, um, second guessing the whole thing. And I feel like we, like we might have dogpiled onto the issue in a way that wasn't maybe the most um delicate um but how do you, how do you think it went 
Um, I mean, I'm on the fence with it too. Like I, I think like it bothers me giving it that much attention was a little bit much. Um, I think like your your communication with her on email is like was great and open. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's good like having Keith on and and giving a voice. But I also know it's kind of problematic to say like, hey, yeah, neurodivergent pe- person, yeah, be the spokesperson for all neurodivergent people. Well, and it's like to be clear, you're the, literally the one who said that. I I simply asked him how it struck him. Right. Yeah. Like you you inferred a lot from my brain. Well, I know, but I mean, I'm just saying that's. I know that that's not the case, but that's how a lot of people are going to take it. Right. As yes. like, oh, they're bringing on this person to no, like yeah, and justify that, their own reaction. No, that was not. My, yes, that was not my um, intent in the whole thing. I just wanted to get Keith's take because Keith is my friend, right? And um, and I figured he had a right to talk about it because because mm-hmm. we've because he and I have talked about it many times in the past, and I thought you know this is something valuable for others to hear. So yeah, and. I think it was maybe not the best t- planning on my part. It would have been maybe better to have them is two separate events. Uh, the letter reading um, in and of it, just in and of itself and the discussion that that spawns between you and me maybe. And then, uh, and then talking to Keith about it on a separate episode or something mm-hmm. like that. I just feel I'm just worried. I'm just worried. You know, I don't know if I did it good and if, you know, if, if it was uh, received okay. Yeah. But I hope it was and really no ill will or, or and I, we weren't trying to get brownie points or anything. I wasn't trying to. I just wanted to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. Like you, you're not going to be able to satisfy everyone. And like, uh, I feel the the majority of the listeners that are sticking around or, or actually fans of the show from the beginning are ones that see us as like, okay, they're not, they're not complete assholes. They're they might say some things tongue in cheek that aren't necessarily in good taste, but it comes it comes from a good place. Of peace you know. and love. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, yeah, <laughs> I made a, uh, a an appearance on. Well, first of all, thank you everyone for calling in. Uh, we really appreciate. Yeah. You. Thank you everyone since December uh, to I, last Thursday. I just uh, I just made an appearance on the You Run podcast. It's a horror movie review podcast. I was on their season finale um, where we reviewed Constantine. So check that podcast out. Um, I had a good time over there, and we played some fun games at the end that were similar to a game show that might rhyme with how to be a million bear. Hmm. Can you not say the name of it? I uh, he made he was very cagey about it, so I was like, oh I guess we won't talk about it. I mean Okay. It was a fun game though. I wanna steal it. We could do it. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll steal the shit out of that game. I don't know. Is it as good as um stranger movies? Strange movie titles, yeah. That we played on the Stranger. Yeah, no, it was better. 
Yeah, I guess we haven't come out with a stranger yet. (laughs) You guys can wait on pins and needles for that one to be released. Or you can go to our Patreon and and listen to it now. So um, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thanks again to our patrons for supporting us. Um, To Dustin for constantly hitting it out of the park with the with the featured images um please go to horrormovietalk.com to find links to all our things support our sponsors and all that stuff yada 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 we love you bye-bye. bye bye looking for a podcast full of burps and gas perverted cast skinny and fat look no further horror movie talk is accidentally funny begs to donate money fake sponsors for dummies and so much more new episodes every hump day They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie, Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Putting pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict, Dave does it. Give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rum. Pretend kiss, Bryce Hansen. Look at them hot kids, Chris Henson. Masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist. Face huggers, chest bursters, alien. Linda Blair peed on Sigourney Weaver. I know it's true, cause it came from social media. Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Bad gastritis, knee colostomy. Turn Patreons into human centipedes. David Doobie Day, scare no, no expert. A global fucks hard, professional sex expert. After pods, taglines, and porno flicks. Train addict, addict, Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona. Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of Poop Monster Kids screaming. Ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 days shutter and jump scares ain't fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show them one titty, pretty. Paganism you should worship, they Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, they spooky, poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Horror movie talk. Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them.